Sit down if you want to. Right in the middle of what's going on. I'm in the middle of an interrogation. Take a seat, young Skywalker. The middle children of history, man. Middle of the day, Alfred? Please, take a seat there. Right now, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Stop the middle of the base hit! Meeting in the middle. Fight, fight. They fought for the freedom of middle. 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 The middle of the middle of the middle. The middle of a war. Freaking ridiculous. Why don't we have a seat to talk about? No, not the middle seat. Turn off your TVs for just one minute and plug into the Stay at Home edition of the Middle Seats podcast, the best seat in the house for all things movies and entertainment. I'm your quarantine captain today, Andrew Roger. Let's meet my two friends huddled around safely at home, practicing social distancing. You can only hope to have a chance to Netflix and chill with him, Mr. Nate Longarini. How's it going, everybody? Good to be back. Hope everyone's staying home and safe. And we were quarantining from this guy even before coronavirus, Mr. Jake Hensler. <laughs> I I have I had forgotten that I needed to prepare for an insult. <laughs> but that was a good one. Yeah, you know what? That's fine. I'm quarantining myself anyway. I don't want to talk to you. Obviously, since we last talked, the world went crazy. Um, we are in the midst of staying at home uh, during this pandemic. We hope everybody is safe. But a lot of people have a lot of time on their hands right now. So I know personally I've been asked for a lot of recommendations for streaming, and I kind of was like, you know, just go to the website. Like go to Screen Cinema and all the clickbaity websites that have compiled literally everything that's on Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. You know, I was very resistant to it for a while. People forget People forget your name isn't spelled G-O-O-G-L-E. Right. Exact, that's exactly <laughs> my point. Perfect. And you can also find things for yourself usually. But now that I think about it more and more, we owe the people a service, gentlemen. We know a lot in this tough times. We were prepared for this moment because we know what we haven't seen and what we need to see, and a lot of people don't. So today, we are forming quarantine streaming super teams. So what does that mean? What that means is we're going to go through the core four, the biggest streaming platforms, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, HBO, and Amazon. Sorry to Hulu, but a lot of the stuff that's on Hulu carries over to these other ones anyway. And we are going to give you four different options for you to watch for each of us. So I'm trying to do math real quick. 12 options, right? 12 different things to watch. There we go. Ah, left me on an island here doing my own math, guys. Thanks for the help. <laughs> you, you don't want my help with math, trust me. So we're going to give you a hidden gem on each of these streaming sites. We're going to give you a major crowd pleaser. So some kind of blockbuster that maybe you haven't watched in a while. Maybe you've seen it and just run a rewatch it. We'll give you something critically acclaimed, and then we'll give you a series. I know my picks for series are less based off notoriety and more based off the moment, so we'll get into that in a bit. But boys, how are we doing overall? How, uh, how's, uh, how's life? Anything crazy happening uh, for any of you? No? Jake, you're growing out the beard pretty bad. Uh, nobody can see that, but like, yeah, it's gross. this is, it's almost, I shaved, the last time I shaved was around Halloween, so uh, this is the longest it's ever been officially. Um, I love it. Are you trying to go <laughs> Halloween to Halloween? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think the people in my life would allow me to do that. And also, my cousin's wedding is in August, and she would not let me in if I walked in like that. So <laughs> they'd be like, "Who, who let the homeless guy into the wedding?" Yeah, for real. Who do you know here? Maybe you can be like Gimbley and braid it nicely for the wedding. Yeah, I'll, I'll charge in with an axe. I'm sure that'll go well. Nate, disappointingly, <laughs> you're kind of like clean shaven right now. 
Yeah, I, I tried growing it out for a little bit, but I'm, I'm going more for uh, surface area rather than length here. And I, I'm pretty notoriously a chin strap type of beard, and I'm really trying to get it to go on my cheeks here a little bit. It's half working. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't like when I grow out any kind of facial hair because for whatever reason, my hair turns like ginger, and I don't like associating with being a ginge, like at all. Like, there's a little, like, streaks of red that come in my beard. And it's been pointed out to me for That's all my life. That's very random. It's super random. I don't know. I think it's because I'm partially Irish, you know. Or um, you've just gotten, like, your blood heated from too many bad movies. That it's just <laughs> the only way that it comes out. Yeah, I'm, like, too, I'm too terrible recommendations away from being Bill Burr, basically. Yeah, you, you pop blood vessels <laughs> in, your, in your chin and it goes to your beard. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're only going to be talking good movies today, thank God. Um, we got a lot of good vibes coming. Uh, so let's get on with this. Let's move into Netflix. Now, of course, guys, Netflix is the OG streaming site. A lot of the imitators have followed suit, and they're there for you. You know, they're always there for you. They have probably the most original content out of out of the entire group, probably. Eh, HBO gives them a run for their money, but it's close. Um, and they've got a pretty good catalog of stuff, so without further ado... Let's start with a hidden gem. What is a hidden gem on Netflix that people should be searching out? Let's start with Jake Hensler. So I'm already anticipating a little pushback as far as a category goes, because this did win, I think, best original screenplay uh, a few years back. No, but I feel like this is a movie that a lot of people go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was, was, Was that good? I never saw that. And I always get a little annoyed because I love this movie. And I'm going with... Uh, 2013, I think, uh, the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix. It comes and goes from Netflix. I've seen it go. I've seen it come back. I've seen it go. I've seen it come back. But I've seen it, I think, three times. And I just, I love that movie every single time. So for the people who have Netflix, which is almost everybody in the country, and have not watched it, we are in a very digital age and very social media age where I think the concept is actually even more suited for now. I think it was a little ahead of its time in 2013. What a beautiful movie with amazing performances. So well written, so well acted, fascinating to watch. And I adore it every single time. And I just feel like it doesn't get the recognition it deserves. So that's why I'm going Hidden Gem for her. I had it on my critically acclaimed shortlist. Um, yeah, we're going to have to start. For single people, they're going to have to learn how to date computers soon, probably, given how long this is going. So watch it for a little bit of research, too. Yeah. Nate, have you ever seen her? Yes, I have. This is This is on my list as the award winner for Netflix. So how do we want to handle that? Gotcha. Do I just bring it up right now? Uh, so Jake surprised me here, but this is definitely under my critically acclaimed category. Um, I very much enjoy her. Uh, from a couple of other people that have recommended it too. Some people really love it. Some people are like, eh, it's a little boring. But I think, in my opinion, this is a perfect movie for what we're going through all now because the movie is kind of about finding connection in isolation and what better way to look at it than through the lens of Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson it's awesome and very very touching moving story um I very much enjoy it very underrated Scarlett Johansson performance so Nate since you're on a roll why don't you give your hidden gem all right so to completely pivot from a beautiful well-told story this one's a little a little cruder um, but never fails to get a laugh out of me. It's Hot Rod. Uh, it's your, huh. <laughs> it's your, 
your classic like SNL Andy Samberg story. Um, there's lots of movies that kind of fit this criteria in terms of the type of humor you'll expect from this. Uh, but you get a little bit of the Lonely Island crowd in this, and I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine uh, during this quarantine, and Andy Samberg just has been rocking my world in that show, and it's great to get a little bit more of them here in Hot Rod. Uh, there's a couple of just standout sequences that have me bawling every time I watch it. Hot Rod is one of those movies where I feel like it it really didn't get past an outline and still got made. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they, had, they had an idea. They didn't have a script. Right. Mm. Yeah. Like, I just watched it a couple of weeks ago, Nate, and there are one or two sequences where I just, like, had to rewind it because it was just so good. There's one moment in particular as we pivot to the third act that you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you watch it, but it is the craziest, most random, one of the funniest sequences in any movie. I don't think the movie is like a like top-tier comedy overall, but it is consistently a good time. I agree. It's a good choice. Uh, my hidden gem is going to be a different kind of comedy. Uh, a lot of people might be binging HBO's Veep during this quarantine, and that's a great, great show. It's one of my favorite comedies of all time. I will not be talking about it as my series later, because I have other things to talk about to spotlight. But Armando Iannucci's Veep is a very, very popular show. Pivoting off of Iannucci's work, there's a movie on Netflix called The Death of Stalin that I highly, highly recommend. What is it? It basically takes place in Russia uh, during the World War II era, and it's about just people backstabbing each other. It's got his traditional, like, whip fire, like really quick dialogue. Steve Buscemi's in it. He's great in it. Jason Isaacs is great in it. Just a fantastic, fantastic cast. Just a really, really, really funny and well-scripted political satire. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, I haven't seen it myself, though. But I, I saw that was on Netflix, and I was like, oh, man, that's another great movie on Netflix I haven't seen. Glad Drew is here in this crew because he's going to be helping me find all the recommendations for stuff I've never heard of before either. <laughs> <laughs> Nate's actually yeah. writing stuff down right now. I'm looking at him. <laughs> uh, so let's pivot to some bigger movies that people might be aware of. Jake, what's your crowd pleaser? How do you not go Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, probably one of the most enjoyable movies I've ever seen. Like even if it's if it's not a perfect like 10 out of 10 for some people, it is just – it's better on every rewatch – and it's just a blast. It's one of the most visually appealing movies. It's consistently very funny. It's got an, a, an amazing story. It's got some great character work. Uh, a lot of people consider it to be the best Spider-Man movie. So don't – god damn, don't overlook that movie. <laughs> um, it's just so much fun. I've even – there have been times where I'm like I have an hour to kill before I have somewhere to be. And I'll just throw on you know, from 30 minutes in to 30 minutes left and just throw on a middle hour because it's so much fun to watch. <laughs> Certified Golden Throne from the middle seats when we reviewed it. People on Twitter have been giving the rankings of Spider-Man movies, and people that don't have Into the Spider-Verse first, I've been muting. It's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's petty, but it's fun. Uh, Nate, what's your crowd pleaser? All right, so I've been thinking a lot about, like, classics, and specifically classics that I have not rewatched in a long time. And everybody likes Raiders of the Lost Ark and has seen the first Indiana Jones a million and a half times, could probably quote the whole thing. It's just one of those, if you're into movies, you've seen this movie lots of times. What I haven't seen a lot is Indiana Jones 3, The Last Crusade. And I'm very much looking forward to giving this one another go, because with Sean Connery there, there's just some great 
great moments in this movie um, that a lot of people have said stands up to the original in a lot of ways as like the de facto best uh, first and second places. So definitely give Last Crusade a rewatch if you haven't gotten to it or if you're starting the Indiana Jones series for the very first time. Yeah, a lot of people actually sometimes prioritize Last Crusade over Raiders. It's surprising. Um, they're both great movies. All three of the first Indiana Jones movies and not Kingdom of the Crystal Skull are available on Netflix now. Which is the right move by Netflix. <laughs> Raiders was on my short list. Uh, I'm going to go with another comedy. This is a very different kind of comedy than The Death of Stalin. But this is one that is popular, but not like overly popular. So there's a chance you might not have seen it. Uh, spoof movies are kind of a dirty term at this point. But The Naked Gun is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. Have you guys ever mm. seen The Naked Gun? Oh, yes. Very and much love this era of yeah. parody movie. I only saw it yeah. once, but I, I did like it a lot when I saw it. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for a really loose watch, it's completely ridiculous. Leslie Nielsen is a king. He's got, like, big king energy in this. Like, very, very, very funny. Uh, it just goes for it. It's one of those movies with so many random gags, and it's been parodied to death and other things. Like, I know Family Guy has done a parody of its opening before, and it's just consistently hilarious. And sometimes that's what you just need. You just need to laugh. You don't need to think. You need to laugh. So let's get a little bit more serious, guys. Maybe. Uh, it depends on your pick, I guess. The critically acclaimed choices. Jake, what's yours? I, I kind of like Spider-Verse. I don't know how you don't go past Shawshank Redemption. I mean, that's it's number one on IMDb's top 250 over The Godfather. Sorry, Italian people. It's one of those like poetic movies. You know what I mean? Like You watch it and it's just absolutely beautiful. It's filled with with hope and it's filled with you know friendship and you know messages and great character arcs and and beautiful story wise unbelievable acting every every bit of dialogue is is really interesting and needed like it's unbelievably tight script it's just start to finish one of the best uh critically reviewed movies ever and i'm so glad netflix consistently has it if anybody hasn't watched that like what the hell Right. The only pushback I'll give you on this choice is that it's on cable like every other weekend. So if you have cable, <laughs> you've definitely seen it recently. But I mean, yeah, Shawshank is a top 10 movie of all time for me. It pretty much is for anybody that's seen it. Yeah. You know, not too much more to say about Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, I think it's the most universally liked movie out there. Yeah. Nate, what's your choice? We already oh, you already, gave, you already gave your choice. So I'll give two. <laughs> you know what? I'll give two because we promised you guys – again, I'm trying to do math real quick. Uh, let's well <laughs> – 12, we promised you... A lot. Four times 12. 48 movies? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, we promised you a lot of movies, so I'm going to give you two here. And I'll give you an Aaron Sorkin double feature. Um, so we've got The Social Network, which if you know me, you know it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And it becomes more and more relevant by the day. And I expect a sequel soon because Mark Zuckerberg is a crazy man and has gotten us in some really deep shit in the last couple of years. <laughs> Very yeah. true. So... Obviously written by King Aaron Sorkin, directed by Super King, David Fincher. Fantastic cast. How many countries are in your your world, Andrew? That's a lot of kings. I, I said super. <laughs> well, I, I gave one a super king, so I think that's kind of above king. That's um, Shifting from writing to directing, also writing, though, for Sorkin, Molly's Game. 
which is a movie that I think a lot of people overlooked when it came out in 2017. I am myself included. Myself included, yeah. I haven't haven't seen this one. (laughs) Starring Jessica Chastain. It's got Idris Elba. It's got Kevin Costner. It's got Michael Sarah who is playing a version of Tobey Maguire, fun fact. It's based on a true story of a woman who basically ran a racket of illegal card games. Uh, and it is one of the most fast-paced, entertaining crime rides you'll ever watch with, like, really great dialogue showcases, excellent acting. It's not quite as good as Social Network, but really nothing is. Uh, Molly's Game, especially if you're into cards and especially if you're into really well-written movies, that is probably my choice. There's a lot of good stuff on Netflix, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, there is. They've, they've stepped up to the plate. Uh, in a very worthy way come quarantine. Let's shift to TV because a lot of people go to Netflix for random TV shows, whether it's Tiger King or what's the Love is Blind or, you know, actual good stuff. Um, Let's go to what TV show would you recommend that's on there right now that might not be so obvious, Jake? Uh, I'm assuming, yeah, the Breaking Bad is the obvious choice. I was just going to say, like, nobody picked Breaking Bad. Everybody knows it's great. (laughs) Um, I also, I was gonna say BoJack Horseman, but I feel like I've talked about that, um, enough. We have exhausted BoJack Horseman on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I've, I myself have talked about that show enough over the last, like, year. Um, so I'm gonna go, like, way off the book. So a lot of people are watching kind of random stuff, I feel like, in quarantine. You just, time to explore. And I have really, really enjoyed, better than Tiger King, the animals, there's three different ones. They're animal shows called 72 Most Dangerous Animals of, and then they pick a region. There's one for Asia, there's one for Australia, and there's one for Latin America. And I am always, I'm so interested by them. I've ah. I've seen all three. I've watched all three, and I think they're so, inter- and it literally just lists dangerous animals and like what they do and like they really get into specifics. And the, the nature part of me sits down and is just in awe about how deadly jaguars are and how box jellyfish can kill you in 20 minutes and all kinds of stuff like that cool choice i did not expect that out of you yeah i didn't either yeah (laughs) i decided (laughs) to go way off i went basic shawshank and then off the book for tv and i gotta give a shout out to my friend sean he introduced me to me and i i just binged them (laughs) nate i know for a fact you didn't have that choice i definitely did not yeah, so when it comes to TV, I, I'm definitely the odd duck out out of the three of us. I tend not to watch a lot of shows. I much prefer the movie format. So if you're like me, you might appreciate this pick. I'm going with Sherlock, uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, BBC series that's on there. The first three seasons are excellent, excellent television. They're long-form episodes, so there's only three or four episodes a, a season and they're very, very well done, almost like mini-movies in a way. The one little disclaimer I will put there is that the fourth season jumped the shark in such a major way that it almost spoils the last the last three seasons. But if you stick to the first three, you're going to have a great time. I watched the first two a while ago, and I liked them a lot. Yeah, they're both, they're both great choices, too. And I, I, the episodes I've seen, I loved. SNL is currently... Still on the air, sort of, kind of. They're doing quarantine episodes. They're doing what they can, but sometimes you just need some good old-fashioned sketch comedy. So I'm recommending I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. I don't know if anybody has seen this out of the two of you. It is hilarious. It's like six or seven episodes, 20 minutes each, like four or five skits in it of the most bizarre, absurd stuff you will ever see. It is so funny, and it is so, it has gained such a hit cult following that it has its own Twitter accounts made for memes of them. Uh, 
We're expecting a second season soon. Tim Robinson was a writer on SNL, so he's got a lot of that same style of humor, but he just takes it even farther. It's a lot of gross-out humor. It's a lot of craziness, but it's kind of like Naked Gun where it's zany, and sometimes you just need to just throw your hands up and laugh. Uh, so I recommend I think you should leave. Um, alternatively, honorable mention for Documentary Now, which is similar, but more structured. Interesting. I've, I've heard of it, but I don't really know much about it un- up until now. <laughs> yeah, you both should watch it. It's pretty quick, um, and I know a couple of our counterparts and friends have watched it and have thanked me for the recommendation. So there you go. You guys should take it as well. So that's Netflix. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot more on Netflix that we could have recommended, but we're trying to keep it to the essentials, to the classics. So moving on from Netflix to the newest of these streaming services, Disney Plus, which, of course, just launched in November. But it's got the whole slate of Disney movies, pretty much every Disney movie you could look for, live action, animated. It's got Star Wars. It's got Marvel. It's got nostalgic TV shows. It's got nostalgic movies. It's got everything you're looking for if you're looking to get a blast from the past. But what are movies that are underlooked in that big slate that they've put out? Nate, what is your Disney Plus hidden gem? All right, so for Disney Plus, I'm figuring a lot of people know the animated movies that they want to see out of this. So I went for one of the properties that Disney acquired in the Fox merger that I wouldn't expect to see on a Disney platform, and that's The Sandlot. I've talked about The Sandlot before. It's one of my favorite nostalgic movies of my childhood, continuing on into present day. Um, A wonderful, awesome, fantastically quotable movie. Uh, But it's on Disney+. Plus. So if you're in the mood for something a little different that reminds you of a simpler summertime, The Sandlot is right up your alley. Oh, interesting. I, you've talked about that movie a lot. I know that that's a big like family movie for you, right, Nate? Absolutely, yeah. I've I've only seen parts. Don't kill me. That's a good movie. I, it's obviously a big, big hit with big baseball fans. Uh, and yeah, that has a special place in my heart, nostalgically. Uh, Jake, what's your pick? It's pretty hard to find hidden gems on Disney+, because like Nate said, people seem to know it is on Disney+, and it's not a whole lot of original content. And it's a lot of... You know, Disney's one of the most popular entertainment, you know, venues out there. So most people have seen most of Disney's stuff in some extent. But I'm going to go with the live action Jungle Book because the live action Jungle Book was pretty much definitely the best live action new movie that they've come out with. And it didn't get the recognition that movies like Lion King and Beauty and the Beast and even Aladdin got, I don't think. And it was it was really well done. The visuals were exceptional and it almost convinced people that this was a good idea almost Almost. so i would say i would say that's my hidden gem because it's the best one of the new live action bunch and it didn't get the recognition that it deserved uh great movie i would challenge the hidden gem category i don't know if a movie that made 960 million dollars can be a hidden gem but (laughs) i agree it's a very 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 good movie it is definitely the best of the live action remakes by a size yeah it just i guess my my whole thing was it didn't get the recognition that like lion king got you know no, like not as many people talked about it, even if they went to right. go see it. So, since I know nature documentaries are on the table, uh, I had this on one of my short lists for hidden gems, but I'm going to recommend African Cats. So Disney Nature puts out these different documentaries about different subsections of animals. So they had Earth at first, which was broad, then they had Oceans, and then they came out with African Cats. Uh, it's probably not as detailed as the one 
Jake recommended uh, because that sounds like it has a lot of comprehensive detail, like you're reading an encyclopedia and you're actually learning things. You don't learn a lot about African cats here. But it is a lion and tiger documentary narrated by Samuel M- Jackson. Wow. Like, so I remember seeing this movie in theaters in 2011, and he just he just makes the experience special. <laughs> like, he is holding back so hard, trying not to say MF. <laughs> so, so bad. And so many, like... Look at that lion attack that uh, uh, gazelle. And you can hear like the little pauses where he was going to say mother, but he didn't. That's so, awesome. Samuel L. Jackson's restraint in African cats is the reason I'm recommending that as my hidden gem. That, no, that sounds awesome because I've heard of it. I don't think I knew that he directed it, uh, narrated it though. Interesting. So they get big celebrities for like, they get big celebrities for all of them. Like James Earl Jones did the Earth one, Pierce Brosnan did Oceans, and then Sam Jackson uh, did African Cats. I know Ed Helms did one, but yeah, Sam Jackson African Cats. You're never gonna find a better pairing because he's he is basically a goddamn lion in real life. <laughs> <laughs> you see how this amazing creature uh, tackles the gazelle. <laughs> it sounds like he's constipated because he really, really wants to say something. Uh, they should, they should just let him I can't go. believe how many Disney movies that guy's done. How many family-friendly movies he's done in the past. Um, speaking of family-friendly, let's go to crowd pleasers because these are a lot of movies that I think a lot of the families enjoyed throughout the decades. Nate, what is your crowd pleaser choice? I'm very happy I get to go first. That means I get to steal the Avengers from all you guys. Mm. First Avengers, obviously in the... The age we live in and post Endgame, we're so used to seeing all these characters on screen intertwining in a million and a half different movies. But don't forget The Roots, and The Roots is the very first movie that brought them all together for the first time. It still holds up. It's still a lot of fun. There's no way you can't have a good time watching this movie. It's a good point. Like, I didn't think of it that way because I tried to keep all the MCU off of my list. Uh, just because I felt like they were obvious, yeah. but sometimes it's go it's good to go back home, you know. Yeah. I like that. That's- no, agreed. I actually did rewatch it recently just because I was looking for a good time, and yeah, hundred percent. It's the it's the obvious but correct choice. <laughs> so so Jake, MCU Star MCU Star Wars or something else for your choice? Yeah, that's crowd that's the thing for crowd pleaser. I have to go Last Jedi. Hello, just kidding. Yeah, no, oh, let's not, let's not get yeah. mad. Oh, no. <laughs> this is a happy show. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> no, for crowd for crowd pleaser, I'm going with a real crowd pleaser, and that is Moana because. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. When I when I first um, officially bought Disney Plus, I remember thinking I can't wait to watch Moana every time I'm in any kind of goddamn bad mood because you can't be in a bad mood after watching Moana. It's just impossible. The so. Rock makes it physically impossible. <laughs> He's, I know. The movie's just so fun and uplifting. And like, if you're not smiling after the first 30 minutes, you don't know how to smile. That's just a fact uh, oh. of Moana. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know so, how to yeah, smile. So yeah, like, like the OG crowd pleaser. Like anti-Joker. So yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of following the structure of what Nate pitched for my choice for major crowd pleaser. You know, you need to forget, in this case, some of the stuff. Let it go. The past is in the past as far as numbers two through five in the franchise. See that bait and switch I did? I'm not doing Frozen. But did you hear that? Yeah, good. I did. Not Frozen. I I was very concerned for a second. (laughs) Um, Block out numbers three through five specifically. 
and just go back and remember how fun Pirates of the Caribbean The Curse of the Black Pearl is. Like it is just it is such a fun, fun, fun movie to watch. It is probably it's not a perfect movie, but I think it's a perfect blockbuster. It does exactly what it needs to do. It entertains Johnny Depp back before the shtick was tired, getting an Oscar nom. Jeffrey Rush is a great villain. Just awesome practical action mixed with some actually pretty good CGI holding up. There's a reason it launched that huge franchise. You know, it's because it's so damn entertaining. You can watch Dead Man's Chest too. The second one's not too bad either. Mm-hmm. I remember, I haven't seen that in years, but I remember enjoying Dead Man's Chest. But I'm really glad you brought up Curse of Black Pearl because I just realized that Disney, I like, I forgot and then I realized that they had it yesterday and I was like, oh, that's a really good option to bring up for one of my for one of my choices, and I really thought about it. So I'm glad you did because it's really worthy. Absolutely, yeah, definitely one of the most fun live action options on Disney Plus. Yes, yeah. Let's go to critically acclaimed. Like, obviously, the entire catalog is Pixar is here. I'm wondering right. if we're going to be able to <laughs> avoid it. Uh, Nate, what's your choice? Spoiler alert: No. <laughs> my mind went immediately to Coco. This is one of the ones that I've only seen the twice now. The, it was actually the first or second movie I've watched since quarantine started. And it, it just, it's a good feel-good movie. It's a great story. And it's a whole culture that I find fascinating and uh, very, very well put to film here. Very much enjoyed the story of Coco and definitely good one to check out in this troubled time. I forget, was this not your number, it was your number two of 2017? Does that sound right? Because I think Blade Runner won. Yeah, I don't right? know, off the top was, of my head, I don't... It's definitely talked about. You don't know your own list off the top of your head? Ugh, blasphemy. No. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I know your list better than you, I guess. Yeah, Coco, that great. is definitely true. Yeah. Coco, great choice. Jake, what about you? Um, also, spoiler alert, Andrew, no. And I, I was... <laughs> um... I, I remember going through and being like, oh, this is easy. Literally any Toy Story movie. Yeah. Literally yeah, anyone. You Take your pick. <laughs> the, the, the worst Toy Story movie is like an eight and a half out of ten. It's it's even higher than that for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like three. So, it's like two nines, a nine and a half and a ten for me on my scale. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're literally take your pick of Pixar movies. It's really easy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you didn't get a chance to do Toy Story 4 last year, what are you waiting for? Like, it's there now. Yeah, go, go to – yeah, we were the, some of the biggest skeptics, and we have completely done a 180. Right. Go watch that. Uh, so, spoiler for me, no. I We can't – like <laughs> <laughs> I, I had Coco written down as a possibility. I had Fantasia written down, not Pixar, but I, I want to talk about this one movie. I have, I mean, I like, I have Up, Inside Out, Incredibles, a bunch of Pixar movies ahead of it, but I think right. Ratatouille gets slept on a lot. And here's why I'm going to talk about Ratatouille here. Great choice. Ratatouille gets slept on because it is such a heartfelt, simple movie compared to some of the more ambitious movies, but it does such a great job with what it's trying to do. And I think it's perfect for this current quarantine climate because it's going to make you want to cook and not do takeout. You're going to watch it, and you'll be like, I'm going to try to make Ratatouille. And you're probably going to burn your apartment down, but you tried. You know? You shook it up and a And you had a good bit, time doing and it. And you had a good time doing it. It was the friends and the rats that you made companionship with along the way that matters. So I'm going to go with Ratatouille. <laughs> watch it. Get hungry. And then hopefully don't order Domino's. Just, you know, or buy, <laughs> buy DiGiorno at least. 
<laughs> Put it in the oven. <laughs> I don't know if that's... One of my favorite Pixar's and another one that I've watched since the start of quarantine. Uh, it's one of the few movies I have on DVD. I love Ratatouille. Yeah. Not my favorite of Pixar, but a perfect one for right now, for sure. So let's move to TV. This one is a little difficult, or let's label it series, because I'm about to, I'll break my own rule in a bit. That's a little bit of a tease. Uh, the series that you can get through, Nate, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, an easy choice for me, but not a particularly interesting one, because it's the only thing that I've seen on Disney+, Plus TV-wise, and that's The Mandalorian. Yeah. Got to get that Baby Yoda meme in. <laughs> it's still a very good series. Um, it's, it's definitely simpler in form compared to a lot of what Star Wars has tried to do in the last couple of years. And I think it definitely benefits to it. Um, it's got good practical effects. It's got uh, interesting characters. And it's all about exploring the Star Wars universe in a way that doesn't involve Jedi and light and dark. And it definitely holds up for it. Yeah. Jake, I was about to call Baby Yoda king again, but I bit my tongue. I need to stop with the king. <laughs> he's, I've been giving, he's I've a, given out too many kings today. He's, he's, he's a prince. He's on his way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jake, what about you? Using Nate as a platform here. Um, I don't think I realized this, but there's a character coming to the Mandalorian from the animated Clone Wars series, Ahsoka. Is that, is that correct? Yep. 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 Got to be played Good. by Rosario Dawson. That's what I heard, which was good because I am five episodes into Star Wars The Clone Wars, and I'm enjoying it. And that would be my recommendation as far as Star Wars goes, because if you're a Mandalorian fan, which a lot of people are, I kind of want to get to know this character. I've heard really, really good things about this character, and I like Star Wars. And this is a big branch of Star Wars I'm not familiar with really at all. So I'm five episodes into that, and I'm enjoying it. So that would be my recommendation. It's funny because me and my good special friend Rafi are about nine episodes in. Uh, so we're oh, really? a little ahead of you. We're still waiting That's for funny. it to pick up, but I've heard great, great things about it. So I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready for it to pick up and get. Yeah, really I wouldn't good. say I'm, I'm in love with it, but I'm right. I've heard consistent good things, and it yes. feels like something I should catch up on. So heard the same things about Star Wars Rebels too, which I will we'll, mm-hmm. we'll probably be doing. Yeah, I th- it's one of those where you definitely have to sit through and accept the fact that it is made for kids, like a good Pixar movie can. Um, it eventually hits on something that adults can find fun too, but sometimes just sitting through the the kid-style writing every now and then. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So series for me was pretty difficult. There are a couple of things that I was thinking about recommending based on reputation alone, but I haven't seen them, like the animated X-Men series, the Spider-Man animated series, which are classics, but I've only seen select bits and pieces, so I don't feel in good conscience I should be recommending it just in case, you know, somebody wants to come back and write angry hate mail with us middle seat show at gmail.com is where you can send that hate mail um so this one is only going to occupy your time for probably about like an hour an hour and a half because i'm cheating a little bit but circling back to pixar you should go through all of their animated shorts Mm -hmm. the ones that play in front of movies and the ones that you know you remember but you are so blown away by the main film that sometimes you neglect a little bit but there are so many good ones on there that you should circle back around to. I mean, like, just a couple off the top of my head, Day and Night, which manipulates different animation styles, played in front of Toy Story 3. That's one I'd recommend a lot. For the Birds, which played in front of Monsters, Inc., really, really funny one. Uh, Piper, which played in front of Finding Dory. It's about a little birdie. That's the first thing I watched on Disney+, Plus. Piper. (laughs) Yeah. A a lot of them are really cute, and a lot of them are really, really, really good. Again, they're short, so it's not going to take up a lot of your time. But... It's a good relaxing, like, 
you, you sit down, you eat lunch, and you enjoy them, basically. <laughs> right. Right. Get it? You knock them all out. Literally three to five minutes. It's right. easy. So that's Disney+. Plus. Let's transition now to HBO, which, of course, is known for their TV, but actually has a lot of good movies on there, too. So, Jake, what is your hidden gem on HBO? So there's also a good chance Andrew fights me on this because he knows box office numbers better than I do. But I feel like outside of my friend group, not that many people know this movie all that well. And that's a crime. And it's The Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. No, that one works. Uh, That's good. Good. Approved. Because HBO, I think, picked it up relatively recently. And I was like, oh, hell yes. This movie is so funny and a legitimately good, like, kind of mystery crime thriller. At least drama, not thriller, but drama. And it is so funny. Like, Russell Crowe's good. He's a good actor. But Ryan Gosling steals this movie in, like, every scene he's in. Unbelievable comedic chops. You ready for this lukewarm take? Jake, you ready for this lukewarm take? I'm stirring the pot a little bit, and I'm going to make you choose here. Uh -uh. I think Ryan Gosling is better in The Nice Guys than he is in La La Land, which both of them came out in the same year. That's the relevancy. No, I, 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 I know you feel that way, and I disagree, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I think Ryan Gosling is brilliant and fascinating and heartbreaking in La La Land he is his comedic performance in The Nice Guys is one of my favorite comedic performances for sure it just sounded like he argued for me isn't that what it sounded like Nate like he just like the I I don't think he quite followed his own logic there but I'm gonna let him have it that sounded like that sounded (laughs) like you were on my side there it it made sense to me and that's all that matters okay have you seen The Nice Guys Nate real quick I have. I, I enjoy it. It isn't, like, one of my favorite comedies of all time, but it is something, if you're really looking for something new, a lot of people miss this one when it first came out. Right. Yeah. I remember seeing it in a pretty empty theater and walking out like, I hope that changes because that is worth the watch. Yeah. Really liked it. Saw it once. Need to watch it again. What's your hidden gem, Nate? So this was literally me scrolling through HBO trying to find something that I've I've seen before, but didn't know it was on it. And I stumbled across one of my favorites as a kid, and that is Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Great choice. Love it. Like, so it's got claymation style, which we don't see a whole lot of anymore. It's got classic Wallace and Gromit humor. uh, And one of the principal parts of the entire movie is Wallace's love of cheese. (laughs) <laughs> and I relate to that on such a spiritual level that it totally made my day brighter when I saw this on HBO. Highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Probably one of the most overlooked best animated feature winners of all time. Probably the most overlooked of those. Pixar took a year off and Wallace and Gromit snatched up that award. Good choice, Nate. My choice for a hidden gem. I'm going deep into the indie archives. Have either of you seen Blind Spotting? No. Is that with Ewan McGregor? Uh, no. No, that's Train Spotting. That's Train Spotting, yes. No, no, I haven't seen Blind Spotting then. Different spotting movie. Well, let me right. read to you what it's about, kind of. It's about two friends who live in, I believe, San Francisco? Uh, Oakland. They live in Oakland. Uh, Paroli, with three days left on his sentence, he witnesses a police shooting. He basically needs to avoid getting in trouble so he doesn't go back to prison. Uh, it's very interesting. S- socially charged. It stars David Diggs. Which, if you know anything about David Diggs, he was one of the original stars of Hamilton. Uh, he has done a lot of work since then. You've definitely seen him on random projects. We saw him in Wonder, which we reviewed eons ago. 
but he is very, very talented in terms of talking in either rap or spoken word or poetry, and a lot of the script is written like that. Uh, it is a exceptionally written, dynamic, energetic movie. Director Carlos Lopez Estrada did a really nice job with this, so I absolutely recommend this for something that you probably just haven't even heard of, to be honest. Clearly, Jake thought I was talking about a movie from 20 years ago, so clearly it hasn't <laughs> been on a lot of people's radar. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> absolutely a recommendation. It's on there now. I don't know how much longer it's going to be. It was a Sundance darling. Give it a shot. Good to know. Yeah, I, that's kind of first I'm hearing about it, more or less. So let's go to crowd-pleasing. Jake, what is your crowd-pleaser on HBO? So it, it's interesting because it's not particularly a happy movie, but I feel like everybody who saw it liked it. Um, another one from 2013, like her, Prisoners. I think everybody who saw Prisoners liked it, and HBO has it. And it's if you haven't seen it in a while or you haven't seen it at all, absolutely worth a watch or rewatch. What a dynamic movie with. It's so thrilling. Amazing performances. Really, really good, you know, mystery, I guess crime? Is it a, is crime? Kidnapping? Absolutely. <laughs> crime. Yeah. Crime yeah. thriller. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal's literally the police. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And him and Hugh Jackman are both amazing. Yeah. And Paul Dano, too. Got to throw my, my props to the future Riddler. I had it on my short list for critically acclaimed. It's a, it's a masterpiece. Denis Villeneuve, director, who, of course, did Sicari on Blade Runner 2049 and is doing Dune. He, he's uh, a king. He is definitely a king. Sure. Yeah, he, he definitely yeah. is a king. <laughs> this is kind of where he – he had done movies before this, but this is kind of where the mainstream film community got yeah. to know him. Uh, and it is still uh, just a slug in the face of a movie. Yeah, I think I've seen it twice, and upon rewatch, I, th I think it was a year or two ago, on rewatch, I was like, wow, that that is so great. It holds up so well. Good pick. Nate, what about you? I'm definitely going more in the, the happy route, and probably a must-see in terms of comedy. It's Dodgeball, an underdog yep. story. True underdog Had, story. That was going to be my top choice. <laughs> nice job. Ah, yes. What to say that hasn't already been said about this movie, if you're unfamiliar... Uh, it's just hilarious, and that's really all you need to know going into it. It is just a hilarious movie, one of the most quotable movies of all time. Ben Stiller, in particular, is a show stealer in every single scene that he's in. Awesome yeah. job. Recent rest in peace to Rip Torn. It's yeah. been a while since I've seen that. There's a lot. That cast is really deep, too. Like, sneakily deep. Like, Alan Tudyk's in it, and he plays a pirate, but now he's like a legit big deal. But he, like, played a pirate guy back then. It's interesting <laughs> to see how his career has evolved. Dodgeball, great pick. That was going to be my top choice, so I'll cross that one off. I'm going to go for a movie that I don't consider to be, like, one of the best, but people that see it absolutely love it. It came out from last year. Uh, a lot of people have been loving Yesterday. Uh, what Yesterday is, it takes place in a bizarre kind of contemporary world, pseudo-dystopian world where the Beatles are erased from history. Only one guy remembers any of his their songs, uh, so he basically steals all their songs and pretends like he is the artist. Uh, it's a really cute rom-com from Danny Boyle, who did train spotting Jake. Nice. Bring it back for a full <laughs> circle. Um, but it's not my favorite movie. I would give it like a six and a half or a seven. I would, it's definitely a wooden seat movie for me, but everybody else that I know that has seen it, especially my parents adored it so i think it is one that if you throw it on with the family pretty much everyone is at least gonna like it and that's kind of what i'm going for with crowd pleasing i have not seen it yet i've definitely have it on the short list of movies that i missed in 
uh, the last couple of years. But um, I remember loving the trailer. <laughs> Andrew's picking a lot of stuff that neither of us have seen, Nate. It's almost like he watches hundreds of movies right. a year, and we only yeah, see no, like right? sixty, seventy. Yeah. Also, I'm trying, I'm trying to avoid the big, the big, big ones because I just assume people have seen them already. You know, let's go to critically acclaimed, Mr. Jake. Oh yes, I for the first time ever watched Aliens during quarantine, and I don't know what took me so long. I've I have seen Alien twice. I have never seen Aliens up until a couple weeks ago, and. I was on the edge of my seat with excitement and just thrills the entire time. Like, what an awesome setup at first. What an awesome way to keep the movie going at the midpoint. And what an awesome ending. Just start to finish. It is so much fun. Even even the cheesy, you know, 80s style that it has still holds up really well. And it's just a blast. So much fun. If you haven't seen Aliens and... You know, you can take a little monsters and blood. Wow. Yeah. So worth it. All four of the Alien major movies are on there. I don't know if anything else is for HBO. Uh, but obviously, I recommend that you watch Alien as well. It's it's yes. definitely a little heavier. Yeah, you got to see the first before the second. Yeah. Right. It'll make yeah. more. It'll make Aliens even better for you. Yes. Yeah. In terms of all the Aliens, I've only seen the first and the second movie, mostly off of the critical reception to both. But as a non-horror guy, uh, the first one is still very, very good. And then this one definitely does kind of what Terminator does with Terminator 2. And you go from straight-up horror thriller to action movie, and it pays off in spades. Aliens is very, very good. So uh, going on to my critically acclaimed movie on HBO, uh, one of my personal favorites is Shutter Island. This one is a great like mystery it's got leonardo dicaprio so mom's gonna be happy uh, <laughs> and mark, mark ruffalo. ruffalo yeah and mark ruffalo definitely a big departure from scorsese's usual work uh but he does a phenomenal job putting together this twisty turny maze of a movie i always forget this is him when i go through like like scorsese movies in my head i always forget that this was him but i yeah i really like shutterland a lot too the great Great character work, thrilling, good twist. Since Jake forgets, it kind of proves Nate's point there. It's such an outlier in the filmography. Uh, yeah. No mobsters, really, or anything like that. Just like nope. <laughs> a lot of good tension, a lot of good hysteria, and a lot of atmosphere in that one. That's a good movie. Good choice. Uh, my choice, like I said, there's a lot of big stuff on there. I had Alien on the short list. Um, I had Aliens on the short list. I'm trying to go more underrated. Let's go to 2013, which has been referenced a lot in this show. 2013 was a great year. Uh, let's talk about Rush. Have either of you seen Rush? Yeah. I did. I saw it in theaters. Yes. Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Brohl, who, of course, would meet up again later in the MCU. They haven't officially yet. But Daniel Brohl plays Zemo, Chris Hemsworth, Thor. Ron Howard directs this biopic about uh, Formula One racing, and it is electric it's one of the best sports movies I've ever seen. It's a great underdog story. Uh, excellent performances by both Hemsworth and Daniel Brohl, who th this was the first time I ever had ever seen Brohl in anything. It proved Hemsworth could act beyond Thor, which I think was really important for his career. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Little little gem, especially if you like high-octane like racing action. You're still high off a of Ford v. Ferrari. I would recommend this one especially. Yeah, that's a great point too. 
Yeah, I only saw it the one time in theaters, but I I was really really um, I was really up on it. I liked it quite a bit. That's a good one actually rewatch too. Good revisit. Yeah, great movie rivalry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the bread and butter of that movie. Let's move into HBO's bread and butter, which is their TV. There's a lot to pick from here. Jake, what is the one you're going to single out? Hell yeah. I'm going to single out Barry, starring Bill Hader. Bill Hader once is a one of the best assassins probably in the world, military man uh, at his roots, and he wants to get out of there, get out of that business and become a comedian. No, no, not a comedian, an actor. Actor, yeah. Yeah, and it's... I've heard only good things, and then when I finally watched it, I was even more impressed. Like, it's it's legitimately funny. It's legitimately got good action. And from, like, a dramatic storytelling uh, standpoint, it's got some pretty big balls, too. Like, there were some shocking twists and turns in, in the episodes that I was not expecting. And it is, top to bottom, really, really well done. I enjoyed Barry quite a bit. Yeah, that, mo- that show is a masterclass in tone. You're absolutely right where how it mixes really, really funny comedy and some intense drama. It's really hard to do. And Bill Hader's excellent. Henry Winkler deserves every Emmy that comes his way as a supporting uh, character. He's excellent in it. Great show. There's a lot of, there's a lot of HBO that I haven't seen, but one that I have and thoroughly enjoyed was the first season of True Detective. Yes, that uh, was the other one I was thinking about. Similar to what I said with Sherlock, it's much more of like a a long-form movie situation following this one, uh, but I think it pays off in a major way. The other seasons I can't speak on because I haven't seen them, but each season is completely different. The first season, though, with, with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson follows this really dark crime thriller of a story. Very, very good. Yeah. Having seen all three seasons, I like all three seasons. I think most people are going to like one and three. Three is very good as well with Mahershala Ali. Yeah, I watched, I skipped two and watched three, and I enjoyed three also. But season one is one of the few, other than comedies like The Office and Parks and Rec, is one of the few uh, series of television that I've actually rewatched. Like I've never, re- I've never gone back and rewatched like Breaking Bad and stuff like that. But True Detective season one is one of my favorite seasons of television, like ever. It's just, it's brilliant. It is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was really tough to pick between a bunch of different HBO shows that I love. They had a great year last year, and one of the cornerstones of last year was the second season of Succession which you've probably seen memes of all over Twitter if you're anywhere in, like, entertainment Twitter. Uh, people are raving about this show. Jeremy Armstrong, or Jesse Armstrong, excuse me, created it. It had a pretty solid first season, but it took a huge leap. It's like if Veep was serious. A lot of insult-based humor, a lot of dark, dark comedy, a lot of intense, you know, shit-talking between characters. Uh, if you are very anti-media moguls, you could watch this and just eat it up because it is so anti the Murdoch. It's so anti-major corporations. It just shows how greedy and awful that rich people can be. It's a very, very fun show to watch. A great ensemble led by Brian Cox and Jeremy Strong. Just excellent, excellent show that hopefully is coming back within the next couple of months. Yeah, I've heard great things. I, I, I should start that too. Yeah. So that's HBO. Let's move on to Amazon. Uh, Amazon's got a good mix of stuff. Let's move into it right now. Nate, what's your hidden gem on Amazon? 
Uh, so scrolling through the, the Prime stuff here, one that I loved as a kid, it was like the go-to where at Grammy's house we're going to watch this movie, Mouse Hunt. <laughs> uh, you ever see this comedy? Long time ago. I don't think so. Long, oh, long time. Gore Verbinski. It's great. Gore Verbinski directed who did Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Same guy. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's great. It basically follows the story of uh, two brothers down in the dumps that inherit this house from their eccentric father. And it turns out this house is worth millions. But there's this one mouse who just evades every trap that they set for it. And they want to be able to sell the house for a lot and they need to get rid of this mouse. And it just escalates into pure, perfect chaos, like in a 90s style. It's awesome. It's a lot, a lot of fun. <laughs> That's a good choice. Hmm. I haven't thought about that movie in at least a decade. Happy to bring it back here. Definitely a good quarantine movie. Man, perfect hidden gem. Unless you're afraid of mice in your house, that would be terrible. Oh, man. <laughs> it's a cute mouse, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, there's no such thing, <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Jake, what's your hidden gem? Um, so probably to the disagreement of you and Nate, but I really wanted to talk about it because I love it. Uh, Annihilation. Because I saw it three times in a matter of a year, I think, and I just absolutely loved it. I think Natalie Portman is excellent. Um, I think What's-Her-Name Jennifer Jason Lee is really good. And I just, I love the the story and especially the ending. I think the act one could be a little bit better, but I think it progressively gets better and better to the point where the ending actually like shakes me. And I think it's a very underrated and really awesome sci-fi movie about I don't know, literally human existence and like what could happen. <laughs> it's definitely one of the weirdest movies you'll ever see. I won't go I won't go on record saying I loved it. I enjoyed it. Um, but it's definitely a trippy movie if you're into that sort of thing. Good suggestion, yeah. Jake. I co-sign what Jake said. I'm going to take my time here real quick to spin off from Alex Garland. Uh, go to Hulu and watch Devs. It was just an FX miniseries he did. Uh, if you really liked Ex Machina and Annihilation, you'll really like that too. So, Ugh, little bonus another, recommendation. God, so many things I have to watch. <laughs> yeah, we got all the time. Uh, yeah. My hidden gem. Ooh, this is tough. I'm between two. Uh... I kind of already did a sports movie, so I'll leave Warrior to the side, but note that Warrior is good. Oh, very, Warrior's very great. So good. Um, Richard Linklater has gotten a lot of spotlight in the last couple of years for Boyhood. He's been doing great work for 20-plus years now, of course, with the Before Trilogy and School of Rock. He does great movies, pretty much, except for Where'd You Go, Bernadette. That was not good. My choice <laughs> for a hidden gem is Bernie. Have either of you seen Bernie? No. Bernie's no, a good one. Premise. Jack Jack Black? Jack Black stars as – I'm going to read off the official synopsis just so I get it correct here. But it stars Jack Black, and it's also got um, our good boy, Matthew McConaughey, in it right in the middle of the reconnaissance. Uh, basically, it chronicles a murder of a millionaire uh, who married Jack Black's character, who was 39 at the time. And it is by far the best performance Jack Black has ever given. It is a fantastic acting showcase to show what he can do. Shirley MacLaine plays the old woman, by the way. Uh, and Linklater just tells the story with a lot of panache and a lot of style and a lot of, like, sophistication and fun. It's a really good crime comedy. I recommend it for Interesting. sure, obviously. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I've, that one I actually have heard of. Just another one Andrew recommends I have missing. <laughs> it's a good one. Let's go to Crab Pleasers, Mr. Nate. 
my eyes were glued to this suggestion when I opened up my Amazon Prime account. Mission Impossible Fallout's on yeah, here? That's what I was oh going to say. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that's just what that I was going to say. Yeah, just oh, that one out of the... Yeah, like, watch this movie. Watch this movie five times. Yeah. Another <laughs> uh, Golden Throne, I think, right? Ooh, I don't know if I gave it a Golden Throne. I won't go... I don't think so. Yeah, I think Jace, Jake, but, and I. I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely check out a review for a more in-depth discussion on it, but... This movie is just one of the best action movies to come out in the last five years. It's that good. All right, I'm going to piss off Andrew because this can absolutely go under critical, but it's also absolutely a crowd pleaser. Like, there's almost no way you don't like this movie, and that's Lady Bird. Lady Bird is Yeah, that was going to be so... my top. That was going to be my top critical, right? <laughs> yeah, that's why I said I'm going to piss you off because I know it's it's one of your favorites of the decade. And rightfully so, Lady Bird is is amazing. It's one of the high school coming of age comedy dramas, and it's one of the best ones, plain and simple. Um, it's so funny. It's remarkably well acted. Uh, great character chemistry. Really fun story to follow. Um, just top to bottom. Really well done by Greta Gerwig, written and directed. Yeah, ten out of ten movie for me. That's all I need to say on it. Have you seen it, Nate? Oh yeah, yeah. Very well written. Very well written. It's definitely a Drew movie, so if you like Drew's taste, you'll enjoy Lady Bird. <laughs> That's true. It's an everybody movie. I'm yeah, sure I can't I, imagine anybody giving this lower than like a 7 out of 10. 99 or 100 on Rotten Tomatoes, it. something like that. Yeah, definitely watch it. Um, my crowd pleaser, uh, I'm going to go a little bit back in time and go a little retro. Uh, not too retro. I'll go to the 80s. Like, that's not that retro. But we're going to talk about Clue. <laughs> Clue is a really good yes. underrated. Yep. Clue is a really good underrated, of course, based off of the board game. Really good underrated, fun, entertaining watch. A mystery movie uh, with a lot of different answers that you're looking to solve and some really eccentric characters. Um, it's basically like the board game brought to life, which is the best thing you can say and harder to do than it seems like because we had a battleship movie that didn't get into any kind of battleship until like the last like five, ten minutes. Um, Ugh, don't remind me. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, I mean, like a great cast, uh, a lot of Tim Curry, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McKean, excellent acting, and just like a lot, a lot of fun in the end where you're trying to figure out who it is and put the pieces together and the pieces keep shifting. It's like playing the board game. That's the best compliment I could give it. Definitely watch Clue. This was going to be my hidden gem if I couldn't find Mouse Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Were you searching for Mouse Hunt specifically? Absolutely. Oh, God. It's mine. <laughs> it is yours. What's your critically acclaimed? Uh, my critically acclaimed movie is Manchester by the Sea. I think it's the only Amazon uh, produced movie I have on my list here. Yes, yes, it is. Um, very, very well done um, acted. My only critique, I guess, is that this is going to be a tougher story to watch in times like today. This is not a feel-good movie by any no, stretch. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, it does story... have some good comedy. Yeah, it is a fantastic film. It is super sad, but you know, you know, we need to get a little real. Tough times are tough right now. Not everything can be happy, so I'll endorse it. Yeah, no, it, absolutely. That's a great pick. Great acting, and it definitely has some laughs too. But yeah, really, really overall sad and like, oh wow, that really sucks. <laughs> Jake, what's yours? Um, mine could cross over into Hidden Gem as well, but as far as critically acclaimed, uh, Florida Project was excellent. Also really real feeling movie, kind of like Manchester by the Sea. 
quick rundown. Basically, a, a bunch of poor families live in a kind of motel uh, right outside of Disney World. And it's basically like there's the epitome of fun and happy childhood and imagination. And you're just you just can't quite get there. And how they have to make, you know, make do with really, really harsh living. Kids have to do with uh, making really harsh living situations the best they can. And it's really, really touching, really well acted. Willem Dafoe is, I don't know, I don't know. He's great in Lighthouse, too. One of his best performances. Um, great child acting, too. Just really, really touching, really, really well done movie top to bottom. Also available on Netflix if you don't have Amazon. I was seeking through before and saw it in there. But yeah, Florida Project, Manchester by the Sea from Nate, great picks. Speaking of Willem Dafoe, you kind of already touched on it, uh, but since The Lighthouse got added, let's talk about it like just one more time, real quick. Um, <laughs> I'm going to use context because I've talked about the quality of the movie already, but say you're looking for a really fun Zoom drink and watch movie, oh, this wow. is it. This, th- things will get crazy, and you'll have a lot, a lot of fun watching your own Descent into Madness and the Descent of Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe into Madness. Um, so that would be the context I would recommend The Lighthouse in. It is a juggernaut of a movie, and we've talked about it enough on this podcast. It's pod. wild. Very wild. Yes. That's the best way to put it. That should have been, been on the poster. Just, it's <laughs> wild. Rename it. <laughs> Last one. Last rec of the pod for everybody. Shows. This one's kind of difficult because Amazon has a lot of original programming, but I know we're not really privy to a lot of what they've done. There's a couple of big shows that people have been watching that we have not seen. But Nate, what would you pick? Yeah, I definitely went for the nostalgia on this one. If I wasn't watching Scrubs, uh, this was on in my house. Psych. Very, very fun show. Psych. I don't know what that is. Really? Oh, no, it's, it's a great, great one. Um it basically follows a very, very good detective and his lovable friend who start a business, but they falsely make the gimmick of his detective work, the fact that he's psychic, um, even though he's not. And it it follows like the, the Scrubs formula where there's just something fun every, every episode and they're getting into antics and stuff. Uh, but the chemistry is dynamite every show is just fun it's just a goofy goofy tv series that you can binge watch at any point in the series and have a good time with i've heard awesome things it's a yeah it's it's kind of a like a cult following show i like a lot of people that like it really really like it great premise i'm into it i'd like to throw it on in the background i've seen one or two episodes just on in the background that's a good choice nate jake what about you hmm um, this was probably especially hard for me because I, like I said earlier, I don't have Amazon, so I don't know all the things that they have. I had to try and look up some articles, but I heard they have Big Little Lies, right? Yes. They have the first season so, at least, at the very least. What Amazon does for shows that they don't host is they will put specific seasons and withhold other seasons. So Big Little Lies is there, but... Yeah, that's the season. I didn't watch season two yet. I do plan on it, but I haven't seen it yet, but I did love season one. I thought season one was... Um, if nothing, I mean, really good story, but if nothing else, some brilliant character work, both in acting and writing, really, really compelling characters. And that's kind of what probably drove me forward with it. Yeah. As a whole, I really like season one a lot. There's a, some mystery to it. And I actually don't remember what episodes happen and what, so I don't even want to say exactly, <laughs> but, um, it's basically a bunch of really, really rich people and they're 
their problems in a really uppity town in California, but it gets really compelling. And Reese Witherspoon is great. Laura Dern is great. Nicole Kidman is great. Alex Gar- Alexander Skarsgård, also really great. Shailene Woodley, like... Um, I almost said Ben Wyatt. What's his real name? Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Adam Scott is also really good. <laughs> really, really dynamite cast top to bottom. I'd recommend the first season quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Big Little Lies, Reputation Speaks for Itself. Won all those Emmys. Won Golden Globes. Season 2 added Meryl Streep, which, I mean, come on. Like, yep. <laughs> so, obviously, also available on HBO if you don't have Amazon. Definitely check that one out. All right. Last pick. I'm going to go with an Amazon original because I've seen probably two or three. Uh, the one I most recently watched. We love our superheroes on this show. So let's talk about The Boys. This basically takes place in an alternate universe where what if superheroes were just irresponsible, selfish, and really dangerous? Like what if Superman was like a psychopath? What if uh, The Flash like used his power to run through people instead of run around them? It's really dark, but it's also got a big comedic tone to it. It's not a. It's not a top tier show like I don't wouldn't put it on the same level as Succession which I recommended earlier but it is a really entertaining watch and a really entertaining look of what could happen if this had happened in real life uh, the main actor to pinpoint that you guys would recognize is Carl Urban who of course has been in the Star Trek tr- trilogy the new movies and of course he's in Thor Ragnarok as Scourge uh, he's really good in a Scourge-esque role he's kind of like a you know loner badass who was trying to take down all the superheroes a uh, really good show. I would recommend it. Season two is probably going to be back in the summer. So it's only eight or nine episodes. Every episode is about 50 minutes. You'll get through it pretty quick, but you'll be ready to go for the next season. So that's The Boys. Have either of you watched it? I've seen I've seen a bit of it, uh, but looking to finish it up at one point, I've heard that there's a scene involving a dolphin that is a much watch. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good tease. That happens about midway through the show. So... Um, I think both of you would like it. I don't know if you would adore it, but you would definitely at least like it. It wouldn't be like a waste of your time. I'm surprised you didn't go Watchmen, Andrew, at all. Eh, I, it, not for this time. There's not like, <laughs> it's too dark for right now. Um, so, everybody take a deep breath. That has <gasps> been... Oh, that was a big one. Man. Very. Have you ever gotten out of breath from breathing too hard? That's happened to me before. I think I just. I think like, you've been sitting down watching too many movies. I think I'm <laughs> just get on that heart rate up. <laughs> I'm just on well. Those are our quarantine <laughs> streaming super teams. We're gonna write this up in some form so you have them in a written way. But of course, try to watch as much as you can. Before we go, Nate Langarini, where can they find us on the internet? Alrighty, here's how you can get in touch with us. Please like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Middle Seats. You can also listen to us on the go on all your podcast platforms, including SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. For questions, comments, and updates on the show, keep an eye on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at The Middle Seats. And if you like what you hear and you want to see more content, let us know and spread the word. We hopefully will have more quarantine content for you in the future. Uh, This is obviously enough for you to work with um, right now. So we're hoping you enjoyed this episode. Uh, We hope to be back in the future. Obviously, we don't know when theaters are going to be open again, but we will be providing as much to you as we can so we can have some fun and get through this together. And, of course, everybody stay safe. Until next time, I'm Drew Oge. That was Nate Lungarini and Jake Hensler. Keep that seat warm, everyone. We'll be back soon. 